This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Hey, welcome everyone. Carm Capriato, Remarkable Results Radio. Dan, thanks for coming back. Absolutely thrilled. Dan Taylor, Senior Business Advisor, TransformersInstitute.com. By the way, we're recording this on video and audio. If you're new to the podcast, Apple, Spotify, iHeart, every possible podcast listening app that you can find for the audio and the Carm Capriato YouTube channel. This will be on it. And of course, you'll find the link in the show notes on our remarkable results.biz website. Hey, plan to be at Apex 2023, October 31st through November 2nd. Apex will build upon the incredible success of Joe's Garage, a full 10-day working environment. If you earn your living in the auto service aftermarket, then Apex is for you. Hey, did you know that Napa Tracks has on-site training plus six days a week support? It all starts when a local representative meets with you to learn about your business and how you run it. After all, it's your shop, so it's your choice. Let us prove to you that Tracks is the single best shop management system in the business. Find Napa Tracks on the web at napatracs.com. Look, at, we've been doing a lot together, and hopefully the audience continues to appreciate the great inspiration and dialogue that we're having together. Dan and I were just kind of kibitzing in the virtual studio a few weeks ago talking about struggling shops. He says, Carm, so what's your goal? And I says, well, you know, I know I'm communicating to the top 20, 25% of the industry, but my goal every time we turn on the mic to advance the aftermarket, let's get to, a, let's bring another group into it. Let's just say that we are, as an industry, running on all cylinders, 50% of everybody is just at the top of their game and craft. The reality is, is we know they're not. So we not only are talking to the top people because they're perpetual learners, they always want to learn some one new thing, but we're also preaching, I said that word, we is preaching the ministry of what we do here on the show to that next group that needs to to hear this. And we're going to talk about struggling. Uh, how do you get to the next level? How do you stop and realize where you are and where, where you got to be? So a uh, great little PowerPoint presentation that we're going to show here on video. And thanks so much. I mean, a lot of it has to do with the, your self-image. Absolutely, right? As I was pondering and moosing over all this stuff, I mean, it's the human condition. I mean, it's not just shop owners. I mean, I've worked multiple industries, uh, verticals for the last 20 plus years with doctors and manufacturers and educators and uh, teachers, you name it. I mean, multiple, multiple categories. And there's this bell curve, right? You got folks that, and some of it's situational, some of it's environmental, some of it's what you grew up with. And so the first two points here are, are huge in the sense that these two or three first things that we're going to talk about are massive catalysts to the actual movement that you're going to get in your life. And the first one is this self-image thing. So, you know, what do we do? Well, this guy, Dr. Maxwell Maltz, hopefully I'm pronouncing his name right, 1960s, he was a plastic surgeon and he realized, he did studies and he would do plastic surgery, remove scars or nose jobs, you name it, whatever was big back in the 60s. And he came to realize, boy, if you don't change the self-image of that person, cosmetically, you can do anything you want. It really doesn't matter. And we can take that right into today's world. And I'll give big picture, right? We know that lottery winners, for example, within three years, 95% of them are actually worse off than when they started. So then he asked the question, do you really want to win the lottery? Do you really want your life 19 out of 20 times will be worse off than what you started. 
But the story behind that story is that your self-image isn't ready to handle those resources, that stewardship, the change in your environment, everything going on. We see the same thing happen with athletes. We see the same thing happen with stars. And so this self-image, if you don't see yourself leading, you don't see yourself being a prosperous owner. We talked about this in a podcast many, many months ago, that the core issue with protecting your profit margins is really your self-worth, your self-image. I'm worth being paid this because I'm worthy of this, right? So this self-image thing is absolutely huge. Here's the bad news, right? I wish I was like, hey, you know what? You just take a magic pill and and you fix this thing. Folks sometimes have to work on this for decades because they have old tapes in their head. They have old impressions of things that happen unfavorably to them. They were told lies over and over and over again, and that has formed their self-image. Well, as adults, we've got to stop, assess that, whether it's through friends, counselors, peers, whoever it is, coaches, and really reevaluate whether that's true or not and who your real self-image is. You just nailed something, old tapes in your head, and we rewind them sometimes way too often. I'm not worthy kind of thing, or, well, this is all I can be, all I can do. This is as far as I can reach. And I think to the point is if you're listening to those old tapes, you got to stop and almost burn them. Absolutely. Or tape over them. Really put them under a microscope and see if they're true. Here, here's one, and I'll be, I'm very authentic and transparent. I don't hide my story. It's, it's who, who's made me. I grew up with a single mom, and my mother really had a disdain for men. And so it was fine growing up, but as you heard it over and over and over again that all men are lazy. Of course, the irony is that my grandfather is one of the hardest working guys I ever knew. He worked himself to death in his 70s, literally, and yet she made that impression on me. Well, guess what? I have had a job since I was 10. I've been mowing lawns, throwing newspapers, working on the farm. I have never not had a job. And part of it is that tape still runs in the back. I'm going to prove her wrong. And so I have to stop sometimes and go, well, wait a minute here. One, men are not lazy. And not all men. That's a complete misrepresentation. And certainly I am not a lazy person. There are lazy people out there and that's fine. That's that's their, that's their choice. That's their behavior if they want to adopt it. But Some of these tapes, you have to have other people speak into your journey and call you out and go, but that's not true, right? Here's the hard part with tapes. There's usually little fibers of DNA that there's some truths in that, right? So for somebody to say, sometimes people are lazy, well, then that's a truth. When you're a little kid, you know, six, seven to 10, 12 or whatever, and you're being impressionable by an apparent figure saying that all this gender is lazy, that certainly lays a pretty big track down for a tape. And then you spend decades unwinding that, go, wait a minute, that's, there's element of truth in that, but it is not the truth. And it's certainly not the truth in my life. So I've really had to back up and, and assess that. And I'm sure many of our listeners have similar things and they may or may not even be aware of the tapes that keep running over in their head. So much of our dialogue with ourselves every day is in our own head, about 85%. Does that put people in a non-listening mode, non-acceptance of guidance and mentoring because they've been conditioned, if you will, or they're blind? Yeah, I think so, unfortunately. And then that's why peer groups are important. That's why authentic friendships are important. Sometimes closest people in your life speak things into your life and you just, you've got to figure out those filters and go, my wife knows I have a mommy filter. And sometimes she'll she'll call me out and say, you know what, are you running that through your mommy filter? Uh, Your wife who loves you unconditionally and is trying to help you. 
And it's, boy, it's a stop. I got to stop and go, okay, honey, you're absolutely right. I'm running that through the wrong lens, the wrong filter, and I need to be receptive to what you're saying. Too. So is the person who is struggling going over the broken record of who and what and why they are, or is it ego, or is it a combination of all of it? Now we're probably getting into some categories I don't fully understand. I mean, we will self-protect certain things, right? So we know there's a portion of society that are narcissists. There's a portion of society that are self-defeating. And some of those things are protective measures, right? If we've been browbeaten down or belittled or in unhealthy environments, whether they be physical, mental, emotional, even spiritual arenas where people have been told all these things and then they... Those are the truths that may not be truths at all, but they're spoken into their lives. And that's why you know, I don't want to talk about my childhood. Well, let me. T- unfortunately, I've set, spent enough time in the couch sitting across from somebody over the decades to realize that's where all those things begin. And you do have to go back and assess them. We could certainly jump over to this category when we that could be misinterpreted with Dunning-Kruger effect. We can talk about that on another podcast. That's sometimes can be misidentified as ego or bravado or somebody thinking they know more than they actually do. And there's a lot of studies that actually show we default thinking we know more about things than we actually do. I actually do part of that in a workshop and it's never failed. Everybody in the room thinks they know more about topics than they actually do. It's just, it's a statistical research has proven that out. So, but down the ego track, I don't know. I suppose there's some egomaniacs out there, but for the most part, I think most people really appreciate the sweet smell of humility. I think you call it confession when we just own stuff that we're not good at or deficiencies or whatnot, but probably going down a little bit different track than the self-image. Self-image is how you see yourself. And that's, we got to get across, right? What are you going to do if your self-image of yourself is not at its optimal level, what do you need to do in your life to start changing that, right? Whether it's self-reflection, hanging around with different people, getting professional advice, having peer groups that speak greatness into you and try to encourage you to do things. So this is critical. I mean, I appreciate us spending a couple extra minutes on it because nothing changes unless your self-image of yourself starts moving. Great takeaways. If you're struggling and you're listening intently and you're writing some stuff down, and if not, please go to the show notes because a lot of these key points will be there. You're making a very important first step. First of all, number one, you're here. You realize that there's things going on that put you in the place that you are. And hopefully by the end of this show, you may just get motivated to climb that ladder. All right. Well, let's hit, hit a couple other these hopefully very helpful things to folks. So blind spots, the ophthalmology term for it is scotomas. These are things that are clearly visible, but we miss them. I'll give just a great example. We all have blind spots. I do several exercises, again, in a workshop, and no one's ever got all of them. There's four or five of them. I've had a couple of people get a couple of them. In the end, 1,500 people plus, no one's ever gotten them all. We have blind spots in our lives. And here's a great blind spot. It actually came up Tuesday. I was doing a leadership group, multi-shop COOs or second-in-command folks. And I had a presenter come in from the construction industry because we like to mix in different industries and get different perspectives on things. And he was talking about morning huddles. Now, he called this something different. He called it pods, production something for the day or whatever. So he had a PowerPoint. And the first thing caught my attention was 15 minutes. All right, well... I'm a timekeeper, right? Anybody knows me, I'm always on time. I commit to 50 minutes and then we take a break. We start on time again. The class starts on time. A meeting start on time. And people appreciate that because they know exactly where you're at. But boy, do I get a blind spot sometimes because morning huddles, the way I've 
presented them and the way we teach them are three to five minutes, boom, 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 you're in and out. And this guy's going through this entire list of 10 to 15 to 20 minutes worth of things, but he's getting buy-in. And this is coming out of construction industry where he did 100 to $200 million projects at a time for 40 years. He said the research that we did, the longer the morning huddle was, the more productive everybody was. And I said, you know what? Maybe I got a blind spot here. Maybe we ought to slow these darn morning huddles down. And not that we get off on all these topics of who won the game and, you know, little Susie winter soccer game yesterday, but really talk about the commitments that people are making for the day, things that are hurdles in their way today, whether they be diagnostic issues, safety issues, hearts issues, where people can really get a sense of what's going on instead of this boom, 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 which I've taught just fire, rapid fire, go through the whole thing in three to five minutes. Because I look at a meeting and go, if there's 10 people in a meeting and it's five minutes, that's 50 minutes that we could have been doing something. Failure on my part, right? Well, let's say it turns into a 15 minute. But now everybody's 10% more productive for the whole day because everybody has a much clearer understanding of what's going on. So clearly a blind spot. I got to go back and look at that. We had a couple of these aha moments with this outside speaker because there's a lot of parallels between what we do in construction. They do projects. They're just 18 months to three years. And we do four projects a day per person, right? Or three projects a day per person. So a lot of similarities, but that was a pretty big wake up call to everybody that, you know what, let's reassess that. So we all have blind spots in our lives. We don't see them. So we have to be receptive to other people pointing them out or be looking for them yourself where you go, you know what? I need to look at this from a different perspective. I think that is so cool to hear because if I know you and your team, you're going to go out and do a study on that. I have a couple of guys that are going to keep track of how long the meetings last in like two minute increments, uh, six to eight, eight to 10, 10 to 12, you know, 12 to 15. And then they're going to start tracking day-to-day productivity with their team, see if it moves at all, right? And several of you guys have done this with hours open. I mean, we, I like the database stuff, right? I'm an analyst. I like numbers to prove that we're at least on, we have a theme that's developing, qualitative research that there's some themes developing. So yeah, we're going to do some research and see if it helps. Good stuff. Count on you. Next slide. The next one, boy, this is an interesting, and I'm going to have to read this to you because this is a little bit complicated, way beyond my I'm not even a pretend neurologist. The reticular activating system, often called the RES, is a bundle of nerves that sits in your brainstem, okay? And its job is to regulate behavior, arousal, conscientiousness, and motivation. It essentially acts as a filter for your brain, letting in important things and blocking out all the noise of life. It also explains the law of attraction. There's some research on this stuff that will rock your world. You do not have to know how you're going to get somewhere, how you're going to change who you are. If you start, there's three steps to this. You should write down what it is you're trying to accomplish, whether it's an objective, an intention, a goal, or affirmation. We teach this in one of my workshops. You visualize it. You close your eyes and you visualize yourself doing it. And here's the key. And this goes back to all the EQ stuff. It needs to have, it has to be wrapped in positive emotions. I see myself having lunch with Carm in a couple months and we're having a great time laughing and we're breaking bread and we're enjoying each other's company, right? I didn't close my eyes, but I can see that happening. That is exactly what's going to happen when we do get an opportunity to break bread down the road. The walls behind me are full of this RAS, right? My entire race team 
we visualize, we manifest the living tar out of things. And I've had tremendous success knowing exactly what the scope of our objective is on the racetrack. And it happens in business, happens in relationships. Hey, Carm here. And remember, if you earn your living in the automotive aftermarket, then Apex is for you. And I've got great news. Registration for Apex 2023 is open and there's an early bird deal until June 2023. Register for only $40. The very special space inside Apex is Joe's Garage and it's growing strong with special displays from our industry's best companies. You'll find working bays with the latest in equipment and tools. And Apex just finalized the training schedule for owners, technicians, and service advisors. Apex will have the industry's top classes and trainers in a new setting this year. Each year, the classes sell out. So get signed up at aapexshow.com. And a highlighted Apex is meeting top industry execs ready to talk with you about your business needs, parts, programs, and tools. Also plan on spending time in the garage with the 10 working bays and the latest diagnostic tools, shop management systems, tire servicing, and demonstrations from the best tool and equipment companies. So plan to be at Apex 2023, October 31st through November 2nd. Head to aapexshow.com and I'll see you there. Let's face it, your shop management system is the single most important tool in your shop, period. Napa Tracks was built from the ground up to make your business more profitable and efficient. We provide an extensive set of tools to increase and track profitability in real time. Napa Tracks offers the industry's best post-sale support, hands down, and we train your people on-site. Yep, on-site. And we offer remote refresher training 10 times a week, and customer support is open six days a week. Give us a call, visit the website, or join our Facebook community today to learn more. We'll prove to you that Trax is the single best shop management system in the business. Napa Trax is always customized and tailored for you, whether you're a one-man shop or a large multi-bay or multi-location company. After all, it's your shop, so it's your choice. Visit us on the web at NapaTrax, that's N-A-P-A-T-R-A-C-S dot com. If I want to stop struggling, I mean, that's, that's a kind of a word of the day. And what you're saying is that the RAS, the reticular activating system, is this bundle of nerves in your brain. It needs to be kind of conditioned or talked to or visualized or dreamed. I'm going to do this. I will be successful. I will do this and I will do that. You know, I have to tell you, my RAS works really well for me. And I never really knew what it really was because I dream and think and, and I visualize a lot of things. It may not happen tomorrow, but stuff starts to happen because I think you drive some of the decisions that you make, the people you hang with, the situations you put yourself into. And you say, wow, I was just thinking about that. And it happened. It happens all the time. If you start giving this some time, some energy it is absolutely fascinating. You can change your whole life with this particular skill set or this practice. You do it every day, right? Every day I visualize before I walk into the my personal life with my wife, right? I'm an active listener. I'm paying attention to her. I'm giving her a hug that lasts at least 10 seconds because that fires off the chemicals in your brain that makes someone feel bonded to you, right? All these little things, right? All these things, the details of attention, how good that feels to be connected with my best friend. 
And so we can do this with, we can, we'll have to have Rod back on. He's great at this. I mean, having worked with professional teams, with professional athletes and coaches and doing all the stuff he does, they do a lot of this stuff. I mean, all pro teams do this, race car drivers do it. You are visualizing things happening. You're seeing yourself doing these things. We know that there's some studies that actually show you can increase your hand grip strength 22% and never move a muscle, Carm. All you're doing is visualizing it and wrapping the positive emotions about having stronger hand strength. They've showed studies that prove you can do this. So it's really an untapped category that we got to step back. But again, back to self-image, you got to know your blind spots. Now you got to know where you want to go, right? And you got to be receptive to those changes, positive changes you want to make in your life and just start visualizing it, start making it happen. Is it possible that some people who aren't on that curve of success that aren't climbing out of that hole of struggle are visualizing continuous failure? They could be, which is the wrong place to put your energy. Because the RSA is the law of attraction, right? If you think you're going to continue to struggle finding great teammates, you're going to struggle with finding clients, you're going to struggle with diagnostics, well, guess what's going to happen? You're going to continue to... What happens is things show up in your life that verify, then you get into confirmation bias, right? You start reaffirming every negative thing. Oh, they don't like me. Oh, you know, I picked up, he looked at me weird, right? Instead of thinking, you know what? I'm looking forward to having a great relationship with that person, building rapport with them, hearing their story and getting to know them better, right? That's a whole different mindset. And this is all about mindset. I mean, everything we're talking about, you've got to be receptive to reprogramming the most powerful tool you have is your brain. I love the law of attraction. And that may be heavy for certain people to think about. But if you want to be successful, you need to think about how to attract success in the customers you have, in the margins you charge, and the people you hire and what you pay them. That entire area of responsibility, you've got to attract betterness, goodness. I'll give you a great example. I had a coaching call this morning with a young man that's in one of my leadership groups. I said, debrief me on what happened on this interview. I always call it conversations. I think people are much more receptive of conversation than an interview because you want to get rid of the tension as much as you can. So he starts going through this story about the conversation with the person. Ended up being, we are going down the wrong trail. So I had sent him an Indeed ad that has worked very, very successfully. Well, he needs a store lead. I think they have Fortex, a full-time service advisor, and then a working store lead, right? And I said, here's the ad. You have run multiple stores. You have been responsible for six, uh, 10 million or more. I think it's 3 million or more dollars in sales and have done this for more than 10 years. I said, you are looking for a person that has more experience than you have, because that's how you're going to grow, right? You get around people that actually are more skilled. They have better knowledge. They're better than you on certain things. That's how you get moving, right? You get yourself around. Iron sharpens iron as one person sharpens another. And we've got to be looking to move those things, right? We want to attract the very best people around us. We've got to be out ahead of ourselves, right? And I see this. We have a lot of single shop owners. It's like, guys, I see you having three or four shops, right? But this is what it's going to look like, right? And start speaking greatness into them. Everybody has it in them. Doesn't matter personality, doesn't matter background. Everybody's got this in them, but they got to believe self-image that they're there and then, you know, understand what blind spots they have so people can speak into them. And then this RAS or law of attraction, your brain starts focusing in on things that are helpful for you, right? 
I need a new location. I need a better location. I need better, I better, I need better teammates, right? I need better clients that are more receptive to my suggestions. I mean, all this stuff plays over and over and over again. And by the way, it's not a linear line. It doesn't go straight up or, or whatever. It, it's a zigzag, right? You, you get a couple steps forward and then you feel like you go back a couple. I wish that magically you could just transport yourself, but that typically doesn't happen. Subliminally, you're working it because you're envisioning it. I think a lot of people have either don't understand or don't realize the power of the subconscious. We know somewhere between 80 and 90 percent and nobody like it's neuroscience. They don't have exact numbers, but they have ranges. So let's say it's just 90 percent. 90 percent of everything that goes on in our life is behind the black curtain that we're not even aware of. This is dreams. This is things that we see, but we don't notice. These are feelings that we have that we're not necessarily don't bubble to the top. All this stuff, and that's where the self-image is, is parked. This is where the RSA is parked. This is where the blind spot, all this stuff's parked in the subconscious. So you got you have to reprogram your subconscious to get your conscious to catch up with it. Otherwise, you're stuck. Talk about struggle, right? We have all felt stuck at times. I don't know a human being that hasn't felt that way, but how do you overcome it? You got to keep leaning into these things and going, I refuse to stay here. I am going to move to a better, more prosperous, more healthy, more balanced. You pick the term more abundant, right? I have an people an exercise, define success for yourself because typically it has nothing to do with money or items, it's relationships, it's interaction with other people, it's your own self-talk, feeling better, peace of mind. Good Lord, do I wish I could buy a bunch of that, right? Because that, that's one of my struggles. I don't have, I don't always have peace of mind about things. And, and But when you have peace of mind, boy, the joy in life, right? The gratitude, everything around you, right? You can just see how you just keep talking about this stuff. That's why I hang out with Rod Olson. That dude, man, he is positive beyond positive. I've been tracking with that guy for 30 or 23 years. I can't tell you I've heard anything negative out of his mouth in 23 years. It's unbelievable. But he practices all this stuff all the time. Thanks for bringing up Rod Olson. We have done an episode together. Please catch the Rod Olson episode that we did, The Coach's Coach. By the way, thank you for a great summary on the law of attraction. And the thing I love about what this discussion was is that we always say, okay, I, I want to stop struggling. What are the, some of the things that I can do? This is the episode that teaches you the things that you can do. I had eight items. The, the first three take a little bit longer. And we'll fly through these next one. Birds of a feather flock together. Man, is, if that isn't the truth, right? You want to know what your life is going to look like? Look who you're hanging out with. I hang out with winners. I hang out with great men. I hang out with great leaders. I hang out with really high impact, positive people that are not standing still. They want the best for their families. They want the best for their kids. They want the best for their organizations that they're a part of. They want the best for mankind. And they challenge me, right? I mean, they call me out. And so I appreciate that. Everyone has a sense of nobility. People want to help other people. But what I won't do is I, I will invest in somebody, but I'm not going to let you drag me down because it's a whole lot easier dragging people down than pulling them back up, pulling them up, right? We have to monitor how many people are sucking energy out of us versus how many people are giving us energy, right? So we want to be around birds of a feather that are pouring into us, that are, are encouraging us, that are challenging us in a good way, that are asking us difficult questions that are loving us up. I mean, I was talking about the young man earlier that 23 years with the organization and they had uh, sold to a larger entity. He's just an awesome fellow. I mean, I sent him a text last night. I said, dude, I am here for you. I'm going to help you with whatever you need because you're great 
and this is exactly the verbiage. Your great husband, your great dad, your great friend, your great colleague, your great peer never got to the work stuff, right? Because that's his identity. He is a great man. And I, that's the kind of friends, birds I want in my life is other great men and women that I can look up to and that they're going to, we're flying together, right? We're all making, making great distances together as a group. And this one, oh, within my workshop, there is a portion, and I bounce around a little bit to try to keep people awake because if you go linear, people just fade off on you. So I'm a little bit of a shotgun effect all over the place. One of the things I, especially when I have a smaller, more intimate group of maybe uh, 15 people, I will look them in the eye and say, Carm, you deserve the very best. And I'll go to the next person. Susie, you deserve the very best. And I'm serious and I'm actively looking at them. I'm looking at them as another human being. And I say, you deserve the very best. And I let it sit in the air and I say, and this is, gets back to the conversation we had the last 20 minutes. If some little voice in your head says that's not true, you have some work to do. We all deserve the very best in life. It's hard enough. We deserve the very best in life. You deserve it. So if somebody's told you you're not worthy or you know what, you shouldn't have that or you shouldn't be able to do this, hogwash, 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 hogwash. We all deserve the very best in our life, the best relationships, the best care, the best service, the best teammates, the best company, the best organization. We deserve the very best. And if a little voice whispers, that ain't true, you got some work to do. That's a great affirmation. Wow. And every single time I just have people look at me and go, hmm, I can see it in their eyes. They got some work to do. Again, the human condition. All right. One bite at a time. Right? <laughs> I love my visionary friends out there from Rocket Fuel. And boy, they love, I was working with somebody and they sent me, hey, let's go work on these 80 things. <laughs> and I just laughed and said, we aren't wired for that. We're wired to work on one or two things at a time, right? One or two things. So one bite at a time, right? Figure out one thing you want to accomplish. Go accomplish that. And it helps your self-esteem. It helps your self-image. It starts the momentum. We're talking about building steps, momentum, right? We are building mental toughness. We're building resilience. We're building all those things that we want for us to move to a better place in our lives. And we got to do it one bite at a time. We can't just go in there and do the buffet and gobble it all down. It wears you down. It deflates you, right? Carm, you've been around a while, so you know what I'm talking about. The 90s and the 2000s, the big, hairy, bodacious goals. What do we find that happen when we do those? We demoralize people. Well, we're going to shoot for the moon, and if we just get to the outer atmosphere, we're happy. But the person trying to get to the moon, because that's what you told them the gold was, right? You told them to eat the whole darn thing. They get demoralized, stretch goals, little things, build on little things, right? We're building habits here. So pick one thing, one bite, just do one thing at a time, get some success, repeat it, repeat it, repeat it, repeat it until you're blue in the face, and then pick the next thing and just keep building on that one bite at a time. Dan, uh, it took me a bunch of years to learn that I couldn't do things perfectly, <laughs> Okay, because if I had a goal and the one bite at a time never existed for me, I had to be all in and it had to be perfect. And it took me a whole bunch of years to realize, let's launch this thing. Let's get this thing. We'll learn from it. We'll add to it. We'll make it better. We'll team it. I think that's what you're talking about, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I have to protect myself from my own OCD and I'm a recovering perfectionist, right? I want it all in place. I want it perfect every time. That is a shadow you never escape. So now I pursue excellence because it's fluid. 
What would today's CARM tell the CARM years ago when you started this great series that you have? It's the story about the bull on top of the mountain and seeing all the, the cows down below. <laughs> You remember that joke, right? That story? I do. It's probably not appropriate for life. No, for it's not appropriate for us right here, but it, I would not rush down. I would walk. You would mosey down. You and I would be moseying down. Mosey down and say hi to all the wonderful ladies. Yes. Absolutely. Hi, ladies. How are you? Exactly. Yeah. No, I, I, I can't believe I did that, but okay. We'll leave it in. We got to have some fun here. Uh, yeah. And then the last two points, and this gets brought up a lot, and this is the hard part with this. You still have to prioritize. And that is so much easier said than done. And I think especially if you're in your working years where you have a a young family or kids, you've got work responsibilities, you're in a leadership role, you're an owner that has a lot of things going on. It is really hard because then you need time to decompress and you should have some time for yourself. And we try to get all this stuff in. And you know what? Unfortunately, that's a lie, right? We can't do it all. I bring this back up because you got to prioritize something. And I, I would encourage you figure out what that is. Hopefully it's family first and it's your kids first and it's relationships, those things that last a lifetime and beyond versus the things that, that are empty. Well, Dan, before you go further, the people that are not listening or not watching this on video, I want to explain to them that you just brought up the Eisenhower matrix and it is do, decide, delegate, or delete. And it's the urgent, important, not urgent, important grid that you have to put things into in order to get movement. It's a lot of times if you're, you're faced with all of those and not all of those are critically important for right now, you have to, you have to figure out what to do with this. So thank you again for bringing up that, that matrix. At the end of the day, the end of our lives, you know, you hear those stories about what's going to be on your tombstone. A lot of stuff doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. So here's the deal. I use Microsoft to do, and I have this one folder called now, and uh, there's like 50 things on it. And I looked at it the other day and I said, wow, those uh, 40 things. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye, right? Yeah. Those 40 things should go into another folder or go bye-bye. So to your point, I love it. You're right. I have a joke, right? If you know, throw away the bills, throw away, you know, delete the emails. If it's that important, it'll come back to you. And it always does, right? If it really is that important, it'll come back. There's some great training tools for finding your priorities and actually multiplying your time. There's such a thing. And this last one, I know this is a big passion for you. I am always perplexed because we know peer groups. We know journeying with other men or women. We know these things help you more than anything. And yet there's resistance. I would plead with people. People want to help. They're there to help. They're there to encourage you and assist you. The ROI on it is a hundredfold. Figure out some group you can join. If you're going to be in a chat channel or something, I see some of them on, on different media, social medias, get in the positive ones. Don't get in the ones that there's negative negativity flying around. I mean, I've been on, I've seen some, yeah, coaches are ridiculous and a waste of time. And I think, wow, I have co- I've had coaches my whole life. I don't know of a more valuable relationship I've had in my entire life than coaches and mentors that have helped me journey, get through life, be the man I am now. And I'm still working on getting a lot better because I certainly have not arrived. But ask for assistance. I'll let you close this up because I know this is this is a passion spot for you. It is. The slide basically says ask for assistance. It's the stuff that we do ever since we started this in 2015 and that it would be to tell the stories of people that had remarkable results and it has morphed into something so passionate about that you can't get through life with any one simple one plus one equals two equation. You just can't. It's always an algebraic thing, right? And I love what you just said. And it to me, it helps this 
whole, I think it summarizes help you journey. It helped you journey. And it really describes that all the things that we do in life and in business and in relationships, it's a perpetuating journey. And I think it works exponentially. Yeah, it builds on each other. So as a struggling anything, shop owner, artist, construction guy of what you have to start the journey to the changes that you're looking for. Look at some of the blind spots. Let your intuition be part of that. What was it that I just saw? Wait a minute. Wow. It was almost like what wasn't said that was important. I always think about that a lot. Be a great observer of your own life. You always bring such incredible inspiration and thought. And in the beginning of the episode, I just want to share this with anyone who's listening. Where was this going? It went great places because Dan put a bow on this entire thing for us. And and it was a little heavy in the beginning. And if you stuck around as a listener, you say, wow, great stuff here. So I don't think you could get through, get out of the struggle process without everything you just talked about. I think uh, there's some heavy lifting that has to be done. You got to lean into it. You have to lean into stuff. Unless life just like lined up all these things and prosperity just kind of showed up, most of us have to do work. We have to lean into things. We have to connect with, we are social beings, right? And that doesn't mean whether you're an introvert or extrovert, that has nothing to do with it. You got to connect with other people and you got to share your story. Another great, I'll leave this, stories are the currency of relationships. Learn other people's stories. They're your story. It's endearing both directions. That's what we do here. We really are storytellers as anything. Dan Taylor, thank you again so much. Senior Business Advisor, TransformersInstitute.com. Our topic was outline for struggling and getting to the next level. I think you nailed it, buddy. Thanks. I appreciate it. Thanks, Carm. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time. 